Hello there, I'm Steve Turton. This is the 39th episode of Gambling with the Pope. A few sound issues this week. The ever-reliable broadband was running a two megabytes, BT told us, down here when we recorded. So, little bit of a delay on the Zoom call between our lame one-liners and the usual sympathy laughs that follow them. Still managed a good show to see you through until the lockdown lifts on Monday. As you'd expect, we're gabbing the Masters Golf and the Grand National. Pope's got so many picks in the big one, I think it would have been easier if he listed the horses he isn't backing. Some good insight into Augusta and Aintree though, and some nice advice on gambling angles for what's always one of the biggest betting weekends of the year. Snooker's World Championship gets underway, or got underway, I believe, this week. We question how much cocaine Jimmy White actually consumed in the 90s. And we discussed the jockey who tested a thousand times over the cocaine limit last week. Whatever that means. Keegan's of the week throw up some corkers from Eddie Ain, while Uncle Al makes a return with an incredible salacious allegation about Michael Douglas's sexy romp with Andre the Giant back in the day. Incredible show-stealing impression, as always, from, <laughs> from Uncle Al. A lot of funny stories from our personal life this week too. Pope relives some very historical material from the golf course involving a rabbit and me dad. <laughs> He's got an after-party story containing endangered goldfish as well. If that doesn't intrigue you, I don't know what will. If you are enjoying our poor excuse for a sports podcast, please tell your mates to tune in. Both of us are pretty shit on the promotional side of things, so your reviews, your social shares, ratings, they really help us grow on the listener front. Thanks as always for the listen. Give us a shout at Gambling with the Pope on Instagram to get involved with the show. Good morning, Popey. Morning, how are we, my friend? All right, lad. Entry week, Masters week, how are you feeling? Yeah, well, as we record now on Thursday, yeah, I can't wait. It's the start of the Masters, start of the national meeting. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Plus, it's um, it's baby Gronk's birthday on, on Saturday, yeah. So, uh, big weekend ahead, really. Huge weekend, nah. What have you got planned for it? National and baby Gronk's birthday, Wow. Well, the national and masters obviously take priority uh, with Baby Gronk's birthday coming in a, a remote third. But I'm sure we'll uh, sure we'll find something to do. Like Danny Velton, John, I'd imagine Saturday night. Well, for me, yeah, certainly, yeah. I might. I, I actually, I haven't told you this, but um, I had a, a glass of red wine the other night oh. uh, with with, uh, with Louise last Sunday. So bit of red wine and Elton John could be on the cards this weekend, depending on uh, how my bets go, yeah, definitely. It's the FA Cup as well. It could be a bottle of red wine. If you're, well, uh, don't go there. The last time I uh, partook in, in uh, any red wine drinking was, was after Liverpool won the league last season in Mark Davis's garden. Yeah, that, that ended in tears. Yeah, very much in moderation nowadays. The red wine drinking ended in uh, tears or Liverpool's title reign. I, I, I don't know. I don't know which is which, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's more specifically just ended up me spewing all over uh, his garden and in his bed as well, in his spare bed. So, yeah, I haven't been invited back since, funnily enough. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening, Lauren, inviting the post, no doubt, for now that lockdown starts to ease. 
FA Cup as well this weekend. Popey, don't forget. So I'm sure you and Elton will probably be knocking back a nice Merlot. Be nice, yeah. Well, I, I, Jimmy Lee couldn't get his head round it. What, I, what I, the drink was 19 crimes, it was called. I think it might have been a Shiraz, potentially. I don't know. Oh. But yeah, Jimmy Lee was impressed. He was actually sending me uh, Red Wine magazine subscriptions or, or yeah, the, the, the breaking news that I had a glass of red wine anyway. So he was proud of it. I've never heard him proud of it, in fact. Jimmy trying to recruit you to the wine club, is he, yeah? The South Mersey yeah, side. Well, we, oh, yeah, we've gone over that many times on this pod. We all know how much money he wastes on that wine club. So uh, <laughs> apparently he gets, gets some dizzy if he recommends a friend. So I think he's just trying to uh, bait me, really. Reel me in. I can think of worse things to waste your money on Popey at the moment. Sure. How about yourself, lad? What have you been up to? Not loads since we last spoke, Popey. Bits and bobs. Feels a little bit like lockdown's lifting a bit. Spent a, actually spent a little bit of time outside the Hale Village of a day, which was nice. Spent some time in the gloves. That's relaunching on Monday. Been helping them build the website. Seen Pauly. So we've seen Wayne and Pauly in the one day. It was a bit of an, a bit of a podcast reunion with our old guests, actually, Popey. Well, I had seen on Instagram, yeah, I felt as though you were, uh, I don't know, trying to rub me nose in it, really. I almost felt as though I was missing out. <laughs> Plenty of time to catch up with them, boys. There's a vicious rumour doing the rounds. Because how long's it now? It's got to be, what, 14 months now since we've seen each other, is it, Popey? Knocking on. Well, that's what I thought, you see. I thought it was a little bit, yeah, type of, let's extend it to, to possibly two years when i seen all the Instagram posts, so we- yeah, I thought it was a little bit of a bit, bit of a dig at me, but perhaps not. Who knows? There's a vicious rumor. Ah, John's going to do a photo shoot for us, lad, for a bit of a <laughs> a bit of press shots and give us a little air of professionalism. As long as he doesn't expect to dress me up in all that kinky gear, I've seen some of his photo shoots. Like, you know what I mean? As long as I can wear what I want to wear, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's done with all that gear. He had the alt right coming after him, didn't he? By all accounts, fellas on YouTube um, holding guns. I'm not, yeah, I'm not wearing any retro bohemian gear, like, I just want to wear me <laughs> day to day. Yeah. I am what I am. I think you can... Just your we- scouser, basically. I think uh, he was talking about maybe the Rocker Car Park as a location, so I think you, you, and, <laughs> you and your Yeezys will be fine, lad, I reckon. <laughs> but yeah, not loads going on, lad. It was my dad's 60, it would have been my dad's 65th birthday a couple of weeks ago. So, would you believe, shock horror, lad, I actually had... I ate meat. The run is over. We had the Chinese. Oh, wow. Oh, I got stuck into ribs. I got stuck into chicken for young. Oh, the run is over. How was it for you, like? It was all right. I don't know how anyone eats pork. Dim sum. <laughs> dim sum tasted like a bollock. <laughs> well, you'd know, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, you ought to know, sweetie. One of them, yeah. <laughs> High probability it was a testicle coming from a hail bank takeaway, like I'd imagine. Oh, wow, hail bank, really? Yeah, it's not really known for its culinary excellence, is it? <laughs> known for many things, including its high teenage pregnancy rate, but if it wanted a Chinese banquet, it wouldn't be at the top of my list, like of places to go. It was all right. Chinas, not bad. No Wu Tan Scran, obviously, and. Uh, yeah, I haven't had a dabble since. Back on the back on the veggie, back on the fish, back on the pesky stuff, Popey, yeah. But it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, it's been not a bad not a bad couple of weeks, and as I say. So what now? What now now that like, you've knocked veganism on the head? The next step Scientology, yeah. <laughs> Me and Tom Cruise, you reckon? <laughs> Being a Scientologist, when you drive past an accident, it's not like anyone else. As you drive past, you know you have to do something about it because you know you're the only one that can really help. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, you'll have to find the latest fad, won't you? 
I need something, and a Scientology could be the one for me, couldn't it? I might join these Cosmic Scousers who are, uh, is it the Cold Water community? Who are jumping in Crosby Beach at six o'clock in the morning? That looks like good fun. Looks like that could be me salvation, possibly, maybe. No, it's probably getting a little bit too mainstream for you, isn't it? You need something a little bit more controversial. So we'll have a little think, eh? Scientology, interesting, interesting that. Could have a little look at that. Although that's obviously not a latest fad. That goes back, what, 20 years ago or something? But it's certainly not, not that common on these shows, is it? So Yeah, it's one of the few ones that I haven't explored. We've had a bit of Buddhism, haven't I, and whatnot. So why not? Scientology, let's give it a go. Let's see what all the... Uh... All the, all the folks. One thing I will say, you flirted with all these things. You flirted with all these things, but they never last. Hence the reason I think you're just doing it for your, uh, for, for the controversy more so than any <laughs> content. I'll keep you posted. I'll, I'll I'll do a little bit of little bit of digging there. I know there's a Scientology church in London, and remember me and Matty Staples were going to pop our heads in just out of curiosity, and he freaked out a bit. <laughs> Matty freaked out and was like, "Nah." Because you had to register your name and that. He was like, they'll get you then. They'll be all over you. They'll, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Could you not have just put a black name down? <laughs> he wasn't comfortable. He didn't like the look of the CCTV in operation. He thought maybe there might be some artificial intelligence. He, he didn't like it. He wasn't comfortable going in. So we, so we... That could be our next little outing, that. After the photo shoots, of course. We should, yeah, we, we should venture down to London and pop our heads in ourselves. See how we get on. I think Purely so. for content purposes for the pod, of course. Well, we're still due a road trip to Workington, aren't we? Workington Football Club. I slapped down 250 quid, I think, in the summer. We were meant to get a VIP day up there. Wow. The podcast was sponsoring a match ball. Not had anything. I think they've chucked the money and run. Not only that, they've stopped following us on Instagram, I see. Have they really, Popey? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has fucking hell, 325. I don't think they were ever following us in the first place, to be honest. Probably not, no. It was a pipe dream, ain't it? Speaking of pipe dreams, Popey. Now to start the game, upon the cane, there's 22 bugles. For those of you that are confused, there's 22 snooker balls. Now 15 of them are newlyweds, then you got the old rubber kite. Newlyweds, well, they're the reds, and the rubber kites the white. It's the Romford Brat, the Romford Brat. Open up your chat and give me some of that. Whether you're a paddy or a tuppy or a jock or a jet. Whether you're yellow, green, brown, blue, pink or black. From Preston Bow the World Championship. I know you said we don't talk about snooker too much on this, but I wanted to start off with snooker, Popey. No, we don't talk about the Algas cooker, not with uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan, notwithstanding. But yeah, I, I, I didn't think we'd ever discuss yeah anyone outside of Ronnie O'Sullivan. I didn't think there was anyone to discuss outside of Ronnie O'Sullivan in that sport, if you want to call it that. But for the likes of Jimmy Lee, and if there are any other snooker enthusiasts who listen to the pod, then uh, yeah, go on. Get into it. Well, I seen that Stephen Hendry was playing Jimmy White this week in the World Championship qualifying. I think Stephen Hendry's back for the first time in nine years. Meant to be an absolutely terrible game. Stephen Hendry won six three. <laughs> Looked like something from the Speak Legion regional game. Um, but it was interesting. I seen White getting interviewed in the build up to the match and. Obviously, I think he lost four finals, didn't he, to Hendry? Might have even been more, you know, Steve. Might have been five. Was it five? I don't know. There was a, lost a good few. Like. There was a terrible meltdown in one of them, wasn't it? I think he missed a black ball to win the championship in one, and I think he lost. Did he lose six frames on the bounce? I think when he was one away from winning the world title. Never never got over those demons. But You've got an absolute bottle job, the, the, yeah. the perennial bottle job, basically, yeah, as he'll forever be known, yeah. 
Well, he was actually blaming the bottle, really. I've seen him in an interview say in the, in the 90s, he was actually giving Stephen Hendry a 10 gram of cocaine and four bottles of Jack Daniels Ed Stars every time he played them. <laughs> <laughs> is that his year's consumption? This is what I was trying to get my head around. Is he saying the, that was before each match, that was the, the week of the match? Impossible, or impossible. Jimmy White, more like Jimmy Brown with that fucking... With what he's chatting there, what an load of absolute nonsense! I think White's probably more fitting by the sound of his uh, his cocaine consumption, as I say. I don't know. Snooker's <laughs> got a hell of a culture, hasn't he? If you look at um, I think we spoke about Big Bill Webernock, didn't we? The big Canadian uh, on one of our indeed, yeah. one of our previous shows. The lads like to put it away, but four bottles of Jack Daniels. Wow, some he, he didn't elaborate on that. It's a it's a little bit ambiguous, like in it. Do you know what I mean? Might I, have been talking about his life's consumption there. Who knows? But I'm not having it. Regardless, he he's obviously making out that that is the reason for his for his uh, for his choke jobs over the years. And I'm guessing that's that, that's what he was saying is his intake was during the tournament potentially. Mm, you know, potentially, but yeah, yeah. Either way, he'll forever be known as a perennial bottle job uh, in my eyes, at least. I know he's a little bit of a, a cult hero, any but yeah. He's never won a world championship. Sean Murphy's won a world championship in that sport. Uh, case closed. Are we going to open up the Sean Murphy file for you, are we, Popey? Yeah. Please, no, no, fucking hell. I've, 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 I've mentioned to you, I'm sure I have at some point, but what are we now, episode 39? Are we met his bird in the past or his, his, his mother to his child? Was it? Met it? in a Christian chat room. Yeah, <laughs> Christian There you chat. go. Yeah. And then the day after he won the, uh, the world championships, he was saying I can be a bigger role model than Wayne Rooney. Just so many flaws to that statement. Where do you want to start? But anyway, I don't want to waste any more time talking about Sean Murphy or Jimmy White or the likes. All the best, Sean. Hope you had a good Easter if you're listening. <laughs> Probably got stuck into his Easter eggs, didn't he? Probably had a bin bag full of them. How do you get it in your head that it's a good idea to sniff 10 grams of cocaine before a snooker match, Pope? I remember back... He didn't, though, did he? That's the whole point. I remember back in the day going down the shops... On cocaine the morning after, picking up a crate of Desperados and a pack of Siggies. It, it's like a mission to Mars, lad. How do you, <laughs> how do you play a championship sport event, gacked to the gills? It's, it's heavy, isn't it? <laughs> gacked to the gills. <laughs> I was going to say, lads, we've, uh, we, we, we know a few few lads who like to party ourselves. And I think even by their standards, 10 grams of, of, of coke and four bottles of JD is over-egging the custard slightly, isn't it? I've seen people do more. I've seen a mate snort concrete, which was quite the... <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into wow. names or details, but yeah, yeah, we were getting some work done in the flat and I think it was part joke, part endurance challenge. He split open a bag of the concrete and just put his head in it. Wow. Uh, on that subject, actually, me and one of our dearest friends, Ted Bundy, doesn't listen to the pod, but one of our good mates nonetheless... We haven't disowned him because of it. We were talking the other day. We ended up in a party once, me and Ted, in his cousin's house. Yeah. In Alex's. I don't know whether I can name individuals. No, don't. But, um, probably best not. Basically, one of the lads who was in this party, it was a random selection of people at this this particular gathering, if you want to call it that. About eight of us, early hours of the morning, as you do, we all ended up going back to Ted's cousin's house. Uh, and he's got a taser. I don't know how he's, how he's got this taser, but he's got a taser. So as you can imagine, you know what's happened next. Um, of course. Ted's brother, we won't name any names, and another one, and another one of our friends has ended up tasing one of the lads at the party. 
But he he wasn't reluctant. He actually he offered his uh, his body to put his body on the line, if you will. So I'm just there. Ted's there. We've gone back to his. We had a few bevies, whatever. And then next minute, one of the lads is just getting tasered in front of us. Has that ever happened before in like a, in a in a party? I've not seen. I've just not, as a dare no. type of thing. It's taking taking truth or dare to the next level, innit? This taser victim of ours that I'm referring to ended up spewing it up outside, unsurprisingly, after it, like... Oh, can I imagine? Um, but again, that, that got me and Ted discussing just another one quickly. I, I don't like this withholding information with old names, so I'm going to say it. This other one, which I'm going to tell you about quickly, you might have even been there. Barlow, one of our other mates, I think you might listen to the show, he certainly follows us on Instagram. He had a bit of a party back in his one night. Another one of our friends, Joey Corrigan, was at this party. And he, uh, he proceeded, again, it was a little bit of a dare, but he proceeded to eat all of his goldfish. I think he swallowed about eight of his goldfish. So literally we got there and then there was this thriving fish tank, all these fish sort of swimming about five minutes later. It was just completely derelict. Your one was... in there, they would all swim around Joey Corrigan's belly. Your one wasn't in there, was he? Your child or oh. pet? Fireball, no, no. <laughs> did, that, did that fireball in his belly, did he? Okay, now. <laughs> fireball. <laughs> but stay, <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to turn this into an, uh, a drug rehabilitation podcast, but I did notice as well, I don't know if it was in the algorithms or what, but I had another story thrown up at me. <clears throat> On the Apple News, jockey Adrian McCarthy was a thousand times over the cocaine limits. <laughs> Two weeks he ago. can't have been, obviously. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. No, he was a thousand times over the cocaine limit. He failed a test at Cheltenham. Cheltenham. Nobody can't be. Because no, for once, they think about it, Steve. There can't be such a thing as a cocaine limit because it's illegal anyway. It's not like drink drive limits. <laughs> this it's, is... no, it's not like drinking limits because drinking's illegal. Yeah, but you can have got... what I mean? But I think Cocaine's we... illegal, so there's not going to be. So, what sort of limits? Uh, what's it measured against? Doesn't I... make any sense. I think you can go the dentist or that, though. I think, the... I think uh, Kieran Fallon might have got a couple of little exemptions in the past when he's <laughs> when he's had a root canal in the afternoon. I think you can. Uh... I think there is little ways around it, but a thousand times over the limit, whatever that, whatever that means. He failed to test the Chelmsford races. I mean. <laughs> You ever been to Chelmsford races? You need a bag to get through a race car there on a on a Thursday night. I, I don't blame them really. <laughs> so, what type of band does that hold? That's unprecedented, surely. Not just in horse racing terms, but I think a thousand that, times over the cocaine limit. I think it was only two weeks ago, Popey. So, I think it's still rambling on with the uh, with the racing board. Um, we'll go from there, but. Wow, it's, I, like like we're saying there. I mean, it's it, imagine being on a horse. Imagine trying to manhandle a horse while you're a thousand times over the cocaine limit. I probably need a thousand times over the <laughs> cocaine limit to to saddle up me. I was gonna say, yeah, you just mentioned there. It's a big enough task. You walking back from the shop to yours, really, after a bit of a bender. So yeah, imagine trying to ride a horse at what thirty mile an hour. Not for the faint-hearted, like, is it? Okay. Should be rewarded, if anything, should be. Like the feet. I think so. Little rider bonus, definitely, I would say so. Sounds like he had his bonus in the box before, before he got his silks on. Wow, and, uh, yeah, and then some. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of silks, should we get on to Aintree Popey? Have you got any fancies running this week? Anything took your eye? Any memories down the, down the lane? It's, it's a bit of a shame. I know you go most years, don't you, Popey? I haven't been for a while. Shame to be missing out with no crowds this year, the Grand National Meeting. Cadmium with a hundred yards to cover has an eight-length advantage, and Cadmium runs right to in the top of under Paul Townend. Tiger Roll is remarkable. He comes up towards the winning line under 
Yeah, so last year, obviously we missed out as well. Uh, but at least we're getting the horse racing this year. So as a source of betting feet, as is the case really for for most people growing up, certainly in Liverpool, but I know it's sort of the the, the, the nation's race and, and, and sort of people who don't tend to gamble do tend to gamble on the Grand National. And I know myself from a young age, my dad would have the paper out and myself and my sister Kate would each pick a horse and uh, it's great, isn't it? It's it, it's one for the yeah. family to get involved yeah, with, and I love it. You really just obviously it's it's as a as a punter, it's probably the most difficult race to bet in the fact that it's a four mile handicap with forty runners, uh, nigh on impossible at times. But it's just great, really. Yeah, get the, it's, it's a real sort of family event, isn't it? Yeah, and, um, it, and it so does. yeah, looking forward to it. I haven't really looked too much into the race, and I'm sort of been looking at the golf more, and, and I've had a couple of couple of bets in the golf. But for the racing, yeah, I'll probably just stick with the the Irish runners in the Grand National, given the recent Cheltenham massacre of the uh, of the British trainers. Yeah. I think it was something like twenty two to to four, wasn't it? Really, over the four days for for Irish winners mm. versus British trained winners. So. That would be a big, big negative for me. I know it's a little bit of a lottery and I know that can tend to go out the window in a race like the Grand National, but sort of British trained horses would be a big negative for me. So I'd just really concentrate on the Irish trained runners and more so Gordon Elliott, or uh, obviously it's under the uh, licence of uh, Sneezy Foster, given Gordon Elliott's ban at the minute. Um, So there's a few, few of her runners. It's Catch the Eye, the storyteller for one. Under of our mate Moscow will be back on that one. He should be after our Instagram live appearance on our on our account last week on Friday. I actually caught Moscow, didn't I, on Instagram live, and he was uh, spilling the beans on all sorts, telling all sorts of stories. Moscow after a few after a few scoops. Oh, he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, loves it. Well, I think he I think he had twelve bottles playing golf, which probably explains his wooden spoon. <laughs> very greedy man, very greedy man. Yeah. So once he's got a few ales in him, yeah, he's quite happy to spill the beans. Uh, so the storyteller, uh, in all seriousness, like that. Uh, Alfred the Zobo as well, another one of Denise Foster's. You can get about 66 to 1. I like its prep, ran in the cross-country at Cheltenham come fourth. Obviously a distant fourth to Tiger All, but a lot of Gordon Elliott's horses that have ran well in the National in recent years have followed a similar prep to Alfred the Zobo. So I think the cross-country race at Cheltenham is always a good one to keep a close eye on in terms of uh, the Grand National. Yeah. And then there's a few others, Far Class as well. That's that's another Gordon Elliott one. So really, I'm just going to focus on them. Of the British ones, if I was forced, I'd go with Potter's Corner. That yeah. won the Virtual National last year and actually won the Welsh National yeah. um, last season as well. Although it's formed since winning the Welsh Nationals, not been great, but it's been aimed at this race for a while. The, the one thing that I put me off with Potter's Corner is it was pulled out of... Cheltenham and I don't know whether that was tactical with this race in mind but he did give the reason that he was a little bit lame at the time but apparently mm. he's in rude health now so I think that'll run who well trains, so I'll probably back about five horses to be honest with you Steve who trains Potter's Corner Popey is it Christian Williams is it is it a Williams I was speaking to cousin Nico over at the Fussy his daughter was playing and, and little son he was training and he fancies Paul Nichols will have a, he'll have a good festival thinks he's kept a load back for Aintree didn't do anything at Cheltenham and he might uh, he might give the English uh, a few little boosts there this this weekend. So so keep your eye out for for Paul Nichols ones you like the look of. Did cousin Nicko have a a national pick or a fancy? No, he didn't. He, he's had a few going today. I forget who he's I forget who he's gone with. But um, I think he's got a bit of anti post interest. So prices have tumbled. 
pretty much. Uh, that's a lot of how he does it, isn't it, cousin Nick? How he he backs way in advance, and but he just mentioned yeah. about Paul Nichols. He he thinks Paul Nichols can have an a uh, can is stable can have a good go this week. So we'll see. Eh? You know what's going to happen? Our Dylan, my two-year-old son's going to end up with the winner, <laughs> and I'll have fuck off one selection. I'll have five, and there'll be nowhere. So. Well, I seen Dylan. Was it Dylan's Highway won the Irish National hundred and fifty to one? Was it, Popey? Oh, oh, oh Stephen! Oh, oh. What, a, what an awful dad I am! Do you know what I mean? Everything that oh. has sort of got me to this point in my life, and I've been a dad now for almost five years. I feel as though I've done a fairly good job up until this point. All that's completely gone out the window. I watched the Irish National. I backed the horse in the race day. Backed the horse that I fancied. <laughs> Which was tailed off, and I didn't even have as much as a quid each way. Just a quid each way. Free wheel and Dylan. Free wheel and Dylan. Sorry. Fifty to one. Didn't even have a quid each way. Free wheel and Dylan. One for the Bob Dylan fans as well. I thought that, that that makes me a bad dad, doesn't it? Really. Let's be honest. Yeah, it does. You could have had a little little trust fund cooking for the him. Cold, there, to call combo there. I oh, know exactly. Well, no, he wouldn't be seeing a penny of it. Also, <laughs> just 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 for me own self. Where? Yeah, it's a cold combo, and this is England. What makes a bad dad? And ultimately, it's me. Ultimately, it's someone who doesn't back a horse that's running that carries their son's name. So I've made a vow now, Stephen. Any time, I wouldn't. Do, I won't specifically go searching for those yeah, d- names. Don't be getting the race index out every the same morning. Same name as my son, but no, you don't want to. You don't want to be too extreme. But next time I'm backing a horse, and there's a horse in that particular race with the name of carrying Louis or Dylan in some form, then I've got to back it. Ultimately, yeah. So quite an expensive mistake to make. It was Popey. The only one who caught my eye was Sub Lieutenant. I read a couple of articles on that about it's a big price, about hundred to one. I think probably more because I've been a bad lieutenant the last the last few months. I think it's probably probably caught my eye. But we'll have a look at that. It had a couple of it had a couple of good. Surely ones. that's retired. Is that is that going? Is it? That's going, lad. It's about twelve, and it's I think it's had a low weight. It's been close. No. It's been close in a couple of high-class races. Got no, to... Stephen, you're mistaken. You've got to be mistaken. No, no. you've got to. Sub-lieutenant, lad. Hang on. I was running about six years ago. I'm... It's not going. You're hang mistaken. On. Hang Definitely. on, hang on, hang on. Let me get this Grand National market up here. Hang on, Popey, one sec. You got to By get... the way, Steve, the one horse I have backed only a five-er each way, anti-post, because I was getting six places with Beth Fred. We just had the final decks through here. Isn't running, which is the storyteller. So Moscow will be disappointed to hear that. So the storyteller yeah, is... Sub-lieutenant, wow, yeah. Go ahead, what price? Storyteller's out. Storyteller's out. Sub- I've only got the decks, I haven't got the price. The sub-lieutenant has got in with a low weight. Lad, that won't be able to get round. That's about 15, isn't it? It's old, like. It's fucking older than me. It's, <laughs> it's old, yeah, and it'll probably... Oh, stay, I can't believe the storyteller's not running. Fucking hell. What, and you've backed that anti-post? Yeah, only up five each way. Al- Alpha the Zobo's in there, getting on him. Potter's Corner, Milan native. Yeah, I like Potter's Corner as well. What do you think of the favourite, Popey? It was. Is it rightly favourite? Should it be that short? I think he was saying it, it's a, it's a front runner that will probably take some catching. Can't see it running into any trouble. What do you reckon? Yeah, you're you're Nicky in all fairness. Who knows more about the horses than what I do? Yeah, from what I'm sort of hearing, it's like a Stonewell in because a lot of people might not know, but the Grand National is. It's a handicap race. This is cloth cap, so the by the way. So aren't running off it, level weights. This is cloth, cloth cap, cap yeah, favorite, sorry. Yeah. Cloth cap, but the price is completely wrong. If you think Tiger Allstate, the year it won for the second time, so it went back to back. Nine to two. Much better horse, much better record. That was nine to two, so it can't be four to one. I reckon it will go off about five, six to one. I don't know yet. Apparently it's a Stonewell in. So it, it is well handicapped, hence the reason for the price. And 
but I'm not having four to one in the national. I'd have it for Tiger Roll. I didn't even back Tiger Roll the second year at one and OU. You probably did, but I didn't back because I thought nine to two was a bit sh- bit short then. So I certainly wouldn't be backing cloth cap at that price. Oh, I did. Just yeah. say the pr- just looking at it there quickly. The list, the storytellers out. So I will be going with Alpha the Zobo, Potter's Corner, Milan Native, and Far Class. Or Far Class is probably the pronunciation. Really nailing your uh, your colours. Get on it to the mass there, aren't you? I'm going to get sub lieutenants hundred to one. Get on the old boy at a price each way, and get them six places. Bethred, Paddy, VC, wherever you can get six places. Make sure you get the six places. They're probably I'm waiting till the morning the race to back as well, because you'll have some firms doing seven, seven places. Sky Bet should be doing seven places, for instance. You reckon? I don't know. Maybe I... even eight. The morning of the race. I don't think they'll give that much away on the morning. Definitely more race. than six. But we'll see. We'll see. Definitely. So you've had a batch of bad shouts, Alfie. Should we get into the official bad shouts? The Keegans of the last two weeks, Popey. Should we have a little go through these? <laughs> Sorry, just just backtrack slightly. I've had a batch of bad shouts. <laughs> well, like me, go on. Well, you <laughs> you're backing five for the wow. national. Bit already. rich, isn't it? Fucking hell. <laughs> you're backing five for the national already for starters. Okay, now. So, were yeah. Well, can I just say something? Say on the Friday, I was getting laughed at. Friday at Cheltenham, like the County Hurdle, which is one of my favourite races of the year. I backed four horses for the County Hurdle. Everyone was buzzing off me. Three of them got placed. Well, you can't so, argue. What do you want from me? You can't argue. And I suppose, yeah, if there's 40 runners, you might as well back a high percentage of the field, might you, Popey, with those placings? Why not? I sound like a certain someone whose name we won't mention. And what did you used to say after national? <laughs> what was your shout about this said individual? <laughs> he could have a 20 to 1 win in the Grand National and still have no profit on the race. <laughs> Back 15 of them, yeah. Just wanted the winner. Just wanted to say about the national winner. That's all he wanted, like, yeah, yeah. There's been anyway, we digress. Let's get on to the shouts. Let's get on to the Keegans of the week, Popey. It's been two weeks since we last since we last set up and there's been an absolute avalanche of bad shouts of Keegans as we call them. Um, a lot of them fall at the feet of Eddie. So are we officially a fortnightly podcast, are we now, Steve? It's more. We, have we just embraced the fact that we are a fortnightly podcast, or are we going to try and go back to being a, a weekly, it's a tough, weekly show? It's tough at the moment, juggling a few things. Are you popey my end? So it's hard. It is hard. But what do you think? Bi weekly's all right, isn't it? Probably gives us a little bit of time, a little bit of a breather to get our thoughts together. Possibly, yeah. It's not as old people are pining for us either, are they? Let's be honest. <laughs> not looking at the unlikely lookalike suggestions. I think we got one this week. I might keep it in me, uh, keep it in me pocket for the <laughs> for the Instagram account. No, I've got one there, which is just, oh. which which I've just thought of during the show. So oh. we'll touch on that, but we'll go with the Keegans of the week first of all. Let's go with the without Keegans. Without any further ado, yeah, Pavekin, Dillian White was absolutely chock a block with. <laughs> Keegan's of the week. A lot of them fell on Eddie Ains, 
feet. He was talking about taking baby steps with Campbell Hatton. Don't know if you've seen that. The man who made his debut at eight o'clock on a Saturday night pay-per-view event. I thought that was quite quite interesting. He's talking a stadium <laughs> stadium. Sounds like you there, Donny. Height of hypocrisy. <laughs> He's talking a stadium fight with White and Wilder. I think that's a little bit little bit OTT, isn't it? I don't know if he's planning Wembley. I don't, you know. I think he's getting a bit carried away with Dillian White's currency and £2 coin escapades, isn't he, there, really? I don't think he's a, a Hollywood name quite yet, is he, Dillian White? What's he won, an international title, WBC? No, no. Absolutely obliterated your, your tip of the week, though, didn't he, from a couple of weeks ago? Well, I'm obviously nominating myself for Pick and Pavek, and yet his legs still looked full of fucking COVID, didn't he? <laughs> I was going to say, stop beating around the bush. You should have opened with that one. <laughs> Bevecan, your tip of the week, your very first tip, inaugural fucking tip and competition head to head. You've gone with Bevecan. And he was, wow, just that, that's all there is to be said. Wow. For someone who professes to know so much about boxing, as you do, I'd argue it's your worst sport as a punter. I think you've got a tendency to over overanalyze fights, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much dis- disparity between my sport at the minute. I think I, I'm running out of red pens to settle the losers here, Popey. Doesn't matter if it's boxing. <laughs> Football, you know, it doesn't matter. Anywhere you look, Popey, even anti-post bets, you just, uh, anywhere you turn, it just dropping like flies. But Eddie had another one. Mess, yeah. Eddie had another one. Eddie said that the belts have been watered down. Eddie <laughs> Hearn saying the belts have been watered down. Christ almighty. <laughs> Have you seen, Steve? Have you seen some of the memes doing the rounds on Eddie Ayn? No, no, not. I mean, they're always doing this. You know, it's it's a daily, weekly business, isn't it? Eddie Ayn memes, I think, these days. But he's just, he's basically, he's just the modern day David Brent, isn't he? He is, he's so cheesy, lad. He's like like Uncle Mobhead, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Accidental Partridge, isn't he? Do you know constantly. what I mean? He's just, some of the stuff he comes, oh, massively Accidental Partridge, yeah. I'd more go David. I'd more so go David Brent than, than Partridge. But either way, it's not a compliment. Mate, dust yourself down, sort your life out. What's the matter with you? Is that an act to keep him in the sort of in the sort of the mainstream media, like or or what? So so that he's he's always um, is that who he is? Basically, is he an abed? Well, we're talking about him. Like, I... like that, we all remember the Shamo motherfucker, <laughs> don't we? Which 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 was definitely. That was definitely premeditated. He knew what he was doing there. Well, we're talking about him, aren't we? Not to say we're mainstream media by, by any any stretch of the imagination, but he keeps he keeps putting stuff out there, and people keep talking about him, don't they? And uh, I've got to nominate myself for another key in the week because I actually paid for the privilege again a couple of Saturdays ago. Another twenty quid on a pay per view Eddie Ayn card. Probably <laughs> probably paid for a nice little swimming pool touches there in his house this time I'd imagine he's probably probably got a nice little hot tub in now you'd think do you want me to sort you in a chip box lad do you want me to sort one out for you possibly possibly but the internet down here Popey what happened Steve was it on this very podcast you were sort of that was it then protesting against Eddie Ayn and these so called pay per view cards and and then fast forward a few weeks first opportunity you have really you can't get your money out your, your wallet quick enough <laughs> I don't know. We were in it. Was Fake it... boycott. It was hardly the suffragette movement, was it? You're not. You're not. You're not an activist, are you? You, you don't really. Your protests are a bit, bit thinly veiled, like aren't they? Suffragette movement. I can see myself throwing myself under uh, one of Mal Sutton's horses if if Aintree doesn't go well this week. <laughs> <laughs> just get yourself down there. Just throw yourself in in the the path the 
oncoming path of 40, uh, 40 horses. Could be the way. Go out. You should go out in a blaze of glory, wouldn't you? Go out in a blaze of glory with, with sub lieutenants <laughs> over Betches, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the way to go. Talking about Blazers of Glory, I don't know if this is a Keegan of the Week or maybe we should be praising the man, but last week I was mentioning Paul Pierce. He got he got nominated for his shout on Miami for Keegan of the Week last time we spoke. Have you seen he's been bulleted from ESPN? Did you see his uh, his Instagram live? <laughs> his lockdown party with strippers. Monica, you should be here. You can make some money, girl. Stop playing. Monica, what you doing? Weed, gambling. <laughs> Give the man a pay rise. I, why have they bullet them? Is that not an image they want associated with the company? It's Disney ultimately, isn't it? He had to go, Pope. He's, he, you know, he's got, he's got strippers in thongs twerking next to him. He's, he's smoking blunts. He, <laughs> he's got to go. No wonder he's making these fucking outlandish shouts. If that's how he's living away from the cameras. And this is just, just to recap. There, this is an employee or a former employee of Disney. Yeah, uh, people might not realise, but Disney own ESPN, and, and obviously ESPN used to, uh, used to. <laughs> You still employ Paul Pierce to be an NBA analyst, obviously being a former player himself, a successful player at that. And then obviously we've all seen the controversy on the Instagram page that you've been putting up. But I don't know, it's entertaining, isn't it? I think there's been, been bigger controversies than, than, than just having a good time with your mates in a hotel room and a, and a few hookers, as they say, over in the States. But <laughs> give the man a pay rise, is what I say. I think he'll get snapped up by Fox. I don't think they're... Uh, they're as ethical as ESPN at the end of the day. So he'll land on his feet somewhere else, no doubt, on a, on a higher salary. Could be one for Metal... Fair play to him. Could be one for Metal Mark, uh, Metal Arc Media, couldn't it? Dan Lebertard's new one. He seems like he'd fit in pretty good with Stugatz and the gang there, you'd think. <laughs> I was going to say, all it was missing, lad, was Tiger Woods popping up. <laughs> We'd expecting to see Woods there, popping up in the hotel room in the background. I'd have loved to have seen that, you know, him rolling in or hobbling in on his crutches. <laughs> With his with his free wood sticking out. <laughs> Fat shaft. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell, double under. Fucking outrageous, outrageous. <laughs> Couple more Keegans of the week, Pope. I wanted to flip back to boxing, really. The Gibraltar mayor for presenting the coin to Dillian White after the fight. I can't believe... That was Dill- awkward, Oh, what was horrible, wasn't it? I can't believe he's on a £2 coin. Uh, Dillian White's face is on, is on sterling currency. I still can't get over it, you know. It's insane. It's actually uh, it's actually going for 25 quid on eBay. I seen the other day I'd had a little search of the coin. <laughs> What would say Trevor McDonald think of all this, Popey? Or what? Or what does? The, hang on, hang on. What, what's the agreements? What's the deal, Steve? How long is this? Just for a set period of time? Because obviously the two pound coins in Gibraltar aren't going to be etched with Dillian White's face for the coming years. I think it's, is it just a set period of time? Is it for for a few weeks or what? You'd have to speak to Eddie. By the way, did I just kill? Sir Trevor MacDonald, by the way, did I say what would Sir Trevor MacDonald think of? I was about to say he'd be turning his grave. Is, is Trevor MacDonald still going? He, he's still alive, isn't he? I don't know. You know, he, he certainly hasn't done much lately. We all remember him 
best from ITV News fame, really. He used to be the uh, quite the anchorman back in the day. And I know he's done a few documentaries for ITV since. But yeah, I haven't seen Sir Trev for, uh, for a while, to be honest. So, who knows? Seriously, hope I haven't just Should killed... Should we Google it? Yeah, seriously, hope I haven't just killed Trevor McDonald. Like, he's... Speaking of him in the past tense, and he's still going. What I remember Trevor McDonald the most about is... Don't worry is, about it. He won't be listening, will he? So, go ah, on. Nick, he used to work in car crap. Apparently, somehow, one of the one of the workers, one of the car salesmen, knew one of his family members, and apparently, he just kept telling Anarchy. I think it was Anarchy telling him to go up and call him Georgie. Trevor McDonald was in buying a car. Would you believe in Carcraft? <laughs> um, on the East Lanks. On the East Lanks. Yeah. And this colleague that's of mine. So random, Steve. That, 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 that literally beggars belief, like. Well, this colleague is is, is nudging our Nicky, saying, go up to him and call him Georgie Mac. Call him Georgie MacDonald. Apparently, is <laughs> God help him, his owl fellow is a bit of a pisshead, apparently. And uh, during the christening, when he was a baby, the, the dad got the name wrong and actually signed his birth certificate. He was meant to be Trevor, and he actually signed the birth certificate, Georgie MacDonald. It must be an over-elaborate story. I, I, I don't know where he was coming from. <laughs> The car craft salesman, but what creativity on the East Lanks on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon as Sir Trevor McDonald is <laughs> is test driving on Mazda. <laughs> it's so random. Did he buy it by the way? I don't or know. Was he just uh, was he just browsing? I'd have to ask. He certainly didn't sign the paperwork as Georgie McDonald, put it that way. <laughs> Check the small print, Georgie. Couple of footy ones for you, Popey. I don't know if you've seen Owen Crouch and Ferdinand predicting a comfortable night for Liverpool in Madrid. I, I think we spoke about it last week, how how kind of overly confident everyone was against Madrid. And I know they were missing Ramos and Varane. I, I feel like none of the pundits addressed that we were still missing Van Dijk, Gomez and Mata. Yeah. And it was going to be a tough night. Exactly. Of course, yeah. Well, like you just touched on there, Steve, we said, didn't we? I think Kabach and, and Phillips as well as they have done in the league against lesser opposition. That was our fear, really, wasn't it, facing Real Madrid? Yeah. And they were coming up against a, a better calibre of, of opponent, then they might get found out. And ultimately, that proved to be the case. And I'm not just singling out those two. Obviously, our first half performance as a whole from everyone on the pitch was was, was well below what you'd expect. But I can't help but think it was Jurgen Klopp who set the tone for that mm. by, by naming Naby Keita as oh. part of his... Is midfield three and new state. I had, even though we'd mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I was more confident in the build up to this game given the performance at the weekend against Arsenal. But I'm guessing that proved to, to be Arsenal were as bad as we were good type of thing. So I was the sort of the couple of days building up to, to Madrid after the Arsenal game. I was fairly confident that we get some sort of result. And I was confident mainly because I liked the way our midfield three matched up to theirs. And I know. Casemiro's having a fantastic season, but I thought Modric is getting on now. He's a little bit leggy. Tony Cruz, all right, he's got great vision, but again, he's not the most mobile. And then I thought Thiago looks like it's a bit of a different player in recent weeks. Now he's had Fabinho in midfield with him, and then maybe get Genie in there. I think we'll be we'll be all right. And then obviously he's dropped Thiago in place for for Naby, who for me is probably about eight choice out of our midfielders, and I couldn't make sense of it. And ultimately, that's how prevailed. Yeah, and he ended up giving him the big shepherd's hook after after forty minutes, which was no big surprise. But I know there was some terrible individual performances. I do get that, whether it's Sadio Mane 
whether it's Allison particularly for the third goal, whether it's Trent, I do get that. But I can't help but think that the manager set the tone by putting the team out that he did, and more so choosing Naby ahead of not just Thiago, but even the likes of Curtis Jones, who we've mentioned in a couple of texts really recently. He was completely fallen out of favour. He hasn't even come on as sub, let alone staff, for what, no. the last five or six games. No. It's clear that the likes of Shaq and Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby are ahead of him, which I can't quite get my head around because he was England under-21's best performer recently. Uh, and you could argue, like you said to me, he's probably our most informed fielder, but I don't know whether anything's gone on off the pitch, but he's completely fallen out of favour. And mm. I don't know if it was normal circumstances, Steve, and we were going back to a packed Anfield European night, I wouldn't have thought 3-1 would necessarily be a bad result with the away goal. I'd, in fact, I'd probably fancy our chances for the uh, for the Spaniards to crumble, as Barcelona did in, in a couple of seasons ago with a full packed house at Anfield. But I just think, given the fact that there's not going to be any crowd, I think we've left ourselves a bit too much of, a, of an uphill uphill task, really. Yeah, and he's, he's certainly created it himself, hasn't he, Clappy? I think he was absolutely outcoached on the night, really. There was potentially some vulnerabilities in Madrid's midfield, but the way they played deep and the way they kept the ball and went long, completely outcoached. Um, Cloppy really there, I think, Zidane. I think we played too high up the pitch when we didn't need to. Um, I was speaking to our poor, my uncle, Gui, Uncle Douglas's uh, brother, and he even said yeah. that once we got that goal, we seemed to go frantic and we're going chasing another one, committing so many bodies forward right away uh, when there was no need for it. There was no need for it. We could have settled in, tried to nick another one, tried to nick an equaliser. Um, and as you say, Naby Case is starting. We've been critical of him from the off. And, and, you know, I do cut him some slack. He's been injured. He's not been able to get a run in the, in the team. But I keep hearing how good he is on the training ground. But you you tell me any time a football team has one point on the training ground or, or won a tie on the training exactly, ground. Exactly, Steve. It's it, it's great. He, he... I think I think that was his. I, I I'd said in one of the WhatsApp groups when when the team was announced the other night. This is his last chance. Basically, didn't agree with the decision. Neither did anyone else. But this is he's got a sort of grasp this opportunity with both hands, and ultimately he didn't do so. And I think I think he'll be off in the summer. I don't know who'll necessarily buy him. Like, no. but it'll be at a reduced price than what we paid, which isn't really Liverpool's way of doing things usually. But. I don't know, I can't necessarily see a way back for him. And it's it's it's, it's tough, really, because, like you said, I, I will try and cut some slack in the respect that the first half the other night, of course it wasn't purely down to Naby Keita, of course it wasn't. And it's not really his fault that the manager has selected them. That's obviously the manager's fault, mm-hmm. not the individual's. And there was players equally as bad as him in the first half, Trent being one. Well, Kabak done all right, actually, first half. Phillips looked... Didn't look as his usual self. Mane, wow. Don't uh, yeah. To him. yeah, struggling. So he shouldn't him. take all the slack, but ultimately, I think he's had his last chance. Yeah, yeah. In the Liverpool shirt. Anyway. I feel like that must be the experiment over with with Keita, you'd think. But we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Uncle Douglas, our Alan, certainly wasn't happy with uh, Keita's inclusion. I got to see him in the garden a couple of times over the last few weeks, which has been nice. And he, uh, he actually sent me a voice note, but he had a... Uh, a very strange scenario between uh, Michael Douglas and Andre the Giant from the archives. I don't know if, if you've been sent this one, Popey. Have a little listen there, lad. I've sent you it on your phone. Have a little listen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do recall uh, the big guy. Oh, yeah. In Brooklyn. 
back in the day. Oh yeah, he uh, he was a hairy kind of guy, and it was the time when uh, me and Catherine Zita liked liked a, a bit of a silverback approach to our to our sexual activities, should we say? And uh, that guy, uh, he brought the full the full gorillas in the mist kind of approach to our bedroom antics, and uh, I kind of I kind of like that. Ah, uh, he did. Uh, he liked the bottle. He really did. Uh, he liked the bottle in uh, in some really unusual places too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. whoops, a daisy, that big guy. Oh, there. Mm. <laughs> places. <laughs> oh, lad, how's he even concocted that? Do you know what I mean? Hey, uh, how's he even concocted it? How did he come up with that scenario? I don't know. Uh, there was a picture. I sent him That's a picture. That's part of the beauty, isn't it? I sent him a picture of, I'll put it up on our Instagram picture of Andre the Giants and Michael Douglas back in the day <laughs> <laughs> in the 80s. And he's, uh, <laughs> as I say, he's gone on with his. He's gone on That's with his. What's o- prompted it, yeah. yeah, he's gone on really? with his own scenario with it, or with his own scenario. Speaking of scenarios, Popey, shall we try and get ourselves in the winning enclosure? Envision some some winning scenarios and get out of here on the on the solo tip of the week. We can do, yeah, it comes easier to some than others, but yeah, let's crack on. Go on then, go on. I mean, uh, shall we firstly address our tipping contest over the last couple of weeks? We mentioned it last show. There's been two bets we've had each since between us on WhatsApp. I think you are, you're £19 up, aren't you, Popey? You had a horse at Doncaster and you picked Liverpool at Arsenal. I, uh, as we all know, picked Pavekin to beat White. And then I played safe and had a, had me ten pound stake on Les on a Man City at Leicester four to seven, just to build a bit of confidence. Wow. Build a bit of confidence. So you're well out of Ed Popey. I think I'm I'm four pound down and you're nineteen quid up at the moment. Um, started quite well to the tipping contest. I'm two for two since starting this tipping comp. Both picks of which, even though I told you to, you haven't put up on the Instagram page. So as such, you're effectively taking money out of our loyal listeners' pockets. You've moaned and moaned and moaned and moaned and and, and laughed at the fact of how shit we've been as as tippers generally, more so you than me, uh, since we started this pod. As soon as the stake's on the line, bang, tip and comp, poke two for two out the gates. So how's about you start putting them up so our uh, loyal listeners can benefit from... uh, from the gravy, Okay, well, let's have one then. Well, give us one this week. Let, let's see what your next one is. Let's have a look. Okay, let's have a look. So, I'm going to go because I think that you're probably going to go along the same line of thinking. We've got the Masters, which we've already mentioned, starts today. Yeah. So, rather than playing it safe, as we have done for the first couple of weeks... It's an opportunity, really, given especially the likes you can get 10 places or 11 places with one particular bookmaker. We'll do 10 places. We'll do There's 10. a little bit of each-way value there with some of the bigger, bigger shots. We'll do 10. We'll do 10 places, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with... And I haven't, I haven't backed them yet, actually. He's not one of the two I've backed so far. I've backed... And I'm not very original. Apologies. I've, this isn't my tip of the week, but I have already backed 
Justin Thomas and John Rahm. Oh. Each way, both. Yeah. But I've, I've sort of, whereas I'd usually back again four or five, like a national field. I've only backed, uh, backed two, but I've, I've up my stake uh, on each. Uh, I fancy the both for the top 10 finish. I think John Rahm, people are saying about, oh, he hasn't prepped, he hasn't practiced, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I remember Rory McIlroy being in the exact same position when they had the first baby and then shot his first round in a World Golf Championship, shot a 64. And as ridiculous as it sounds, on a much, much smaller scale, I remember when Lou had Louie. That was the turning point for me on the golf course. That I've been playing fairly well, pretty well since, and that was like a turning point. It's as if you're not as, oh, you're not overthinking everything. And John Rahm, as you know, the one thing... He's got that sort of Spanish fire burning inside him, similar to what Seve had. Yeah. But he doesn't always know how to sort of how to refine it. And I think the fact he's 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 he's, he's distracted by being a new dad off the course. I think that'll be a good thing. Uh, and I think he might not necessarily overthink it as he does have a tendency to do, or get as wound up if things don't go his way. I think we might see a new John Rahm, so we certainly see that as a positive. I suppose it just depends how sore his chap apps are, aren't they? Really, if he's been up all all night. And how so yours were? If he's been what, up breastfeeding, yeah. If he's been up feeding all night round with them, <laughs> them big Spanish titties, <laughs> those big fat odors, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've I've backed Ram. I've backed back Justin Thomas. Obviously, he plays championship winner. He's had a bit of controversy this year, but best iron player probably in the last five ten years. And obviously, that's at a premium in August. You look at Nick Faldo, who had so much success. Going back many, many years, he's one of the greatest time players ever. Uh, and he's progressively got better at Augusta since his first appearance about six years ago. And his putting this year is good. Usually he's around about 110, 120 in the putting stats. He's in the top 50 this year. So if he can combine that with his lethal and clinical iron plays, obviously going to be up there. But without any further ado, we saw out tip of the week. I'm going to go a little bit left field. It's pointless me putting up a Justin Thomas or a John Rahm when they're round about 10, 11, 12 to 1. So I'm going to go somebody at a slightly bigger price, playing the 10 places each way. I'm going to have £5 each way on Cameron Smith, oh. um, the Australian, who's got two top five finishes at the Masters in the last three years. And he's having a cracking season. He's had, I think, about four top 12s and two top 10s. And I think he's about 30th in the world and about 21st in the FedEx. So he's playing some of his best golf. The reason he does so well at so well at Augusta is he's got one of the best short games. He's always in the top 20, 25 for putting stats, chipping stats and bunker play as well. And there are vicious rumours that this is going to be one of the fastest Masters ever. It's going to be chalk and cheese from the November Masters where it was quite soft. It's going to be extremely dry. So it's going to be your more your typical Masters that we're used to. And that's where your short game comes into it. So I'll go Cameron Smith, five at each way. I think he's round 30, what, 30 to 1, 33 to 1, but I'll, I'll double check that. And go I'll, on, I'll we'll give you We'll give you 30 freeze. We'll give you 30 freeze, 10 plays. Wow, you, you're really trying to uh, crack the tipping contest wide open there, aren't you, Popey? Yeah, I've got a stable of free myself for the Masters, Popey. John Ram, I'm with you. Big Rambo. I think. Um, yes. Yeah, I just think he he's he's great value. He's always there or thereabouts, as you say. I think the arrival of his child could have a calming effect <laughs> rather than because he can't get wound up anymore, can he? He Definitely. is a, he is a bit of a hothead. So yeah, I'm happy. 
I'm actually going with his I'm actually going with his Spanish mate, Sergio Garcia, as well, at a big price. I think Sergio's playing really wow. playing really well this year. I know he went out in the quarterfinals, I think it was, of the match play, but he showed some really, really ballsy moments there. Um some great clutch puts against Westwood in the playoff holes. Approach play's been great, his short game's been tremendous. I think I think Garcia has won it before, so he's got that kind of monkey off his shoulder, if you yeah, will. Yeah. So I think he could go close. Yeah. Um, and I like Colin Marikawa as well. Never thought I'd, I'd back a sportsman called Colin or put any faith in in anyone called Colin. <laughs> but Clearly a golfer called Colin. A golfer called Colin. It's the scousest name <clears throat> in the world, isn't it? I mean, what is a... What is, is an Asian American doing? Being I'm thinking more. Colin? I'm thinking more Captain Monty. I'm thinking more Captain yeah. Monty. Fucking hell, we all know my disdain for the man. There is that. I, I mean, how old Colin Marikawa? Is he 22? And he's he's done more in the game than than Montgomery already, hasn't he? I think. <laughs> he has, yeah. <laughs> Everyone goes on about uh, Monty's ten fucking Volvo order of merits <laughs> on a European tour where he's going up against fucking Woosnam. <laughs> It was in his fucking head. It wasn't exactly in his heyday. And, and Robert Rock, fucking Legohead. It's hardly winning a, a major championship and whatever else. He's a World Golf Championship by the age of 22, isn't he? One... Much rather have Morikawa's career right now. One must live. <laughs> so, Colin, uh, you're a little bit late to the, uh, the range today. I've, uh, I've heard you were, uh, you were entertaining last night. Yes, I went to a Robbie Williams concert. One must live a little. <laughs> Fuck off, Monty. <laughs> But the weather he's still bent over that desk in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I don't want slanderous fucking accusation. I don't want to go back to that. I think we threw enough slander around already this episode. Um, but yeah, hopefully his namesake does a little bit better this weekend. I'll be back on them on the outright. I'll be back on Morikawa, Garcia, and Ram to win. I'll be back on Ram top ten. Morikawa and Garcia top twenties. I'm going to go about it that way. Sorry to interrupt, just Morikawa, because I like him as well. What, what is he, top 20? He's out of interest. Just over even money, Pope. So it's basically, you, you're trying to get a shot at winning it at an enhanced win price as well, I'm taking an, an Popey. So I'm backing enhanced wins, and then I'm backing top 10 and, and top 20 for Garcia and Morikawa. So you're not going to get much if he places, but you are going to get your money back, but you'll get a bigger pop. Like Sergio Garcia, I think he's 50s in some places, but if you back him win only at Betfred, you'll get 70 to 1 rather than 50. So I'm going, I'm trying to be a little bit smart and go at it that way. But my tip of the week is actually, it's going to be on the Masters, but I'm going to take Sergio in the top former champions market at 9 to 1. I'm going to go each way, quarter the odds, three places. So basically, Sergio's got to finish above the likes of Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, all the previous winners basically who were in the field. And I think, I think Sergio. Speef, Speef, yeah, yeah. Speef's a short price this week, isn't he? After winning his his first title in how yeah, many yeah. years last week? Nobody's ever won the Masters um, after winning the tournament the week before. Um, I think he's a, he's short enough, Speef, no. isn't he? So I think nine to one's a bit of value each way there, Sergio, against the the other former champions. So that'd be my tip of the week, Popey. So you need what top three, yeah. Top three, yeah, quarter of the odds. Obviously, we've got our head-to-head going on Dustin Johnson and uh, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> What's he been up to? Bryson Popey, your man. I've seen him talking this week that he's got a, a big surprise in his bag. You sent me a video of his of his warm-up yesterday. Could he be <laughs> Could he be pulling the, the spaz club out? 
round Eamon Corner if he's if he's stuck behind the bushes? Is this <laughs> is this the big surprise in the bag yeah, he's, he's got? Yeah. But he's going for it, Jack, with this club. Blind. What do you think about that? Um, oh, I'm... my God. That's <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, there's your decision. Nobody thinks about that it now. Went, that went straight round. It is. He's yeah. correct. Oh, my gosh. What did you? What was your comment when I sent you the video? He'll be paralysed by the time he's 40. <laughs> he has got to be the craziest sportsman out there, Bryson DeChambeau, the mad scientist. It seems unnecessary. That video for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, try and put it up on the Instagram page. I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's on the range at Augusta. And lad, it's un- it's unnecessary. It's it's borderline lunacy. Yeah. What's he doing? No. He's just like literally obliterating golf balls with this driver he's got. But everyone used to go on about Tiger Woods's like drive back in the day and how much he'd put into it. This is tenfold, isn't it? He could oh. honestly be in a wheelchair, you're right, lad. He could be paralyzed. Oh. And that's not like, that's not sort of taking the comedy angle. That's genuine. You look at Tiger Woods, what he's done to himself, his back, the amount of surgery, he's getting the spine fused. And he's took it up, what, as I say, 10 levels there, Bryson DeChambeau. Can't be good for his long term health, that, like, for what it's going to do to his body. I mean, I'm probably not in a place to talk. I mean, I'm seeing an osteopath once a week in a physio just from chipping plastic balls in the garden for the dog. So I don't think I can throw shade on Bryson DeChambeau, really. It, lad, it looks like he's throwing his hip joint out with every swing he takes. He's putting 110% intensity into every practice swing. He's a fucking lunatic. And the thing is, everyone's trying to be like him. You know, Rory McIlroy has spoken recently about his poor form. is down to changing his gym routine because he wants to be more like Bryson. Did you see that Rory actually put one in someone's swimming pool? Oh, wow. put, put, put one in someone's swimming pool the other day <laughs> at the match play events. What's going on, lad? Why, does, why do you want to be that guy? Why would you want to follow that crazy routine? He's a revolutionary lad, he is. That's, that, that's what it is, and that's why I, I fancy him. And I had said, DJ Bryson, I know you took a one the leads, the late majors. I fancy him to win a couple, but I think his, his window's pretty small. I don't think he's got many majors in him. He's, not going to be, he's certainly not going to be playing on the seniors tour, is he? No. But sure. I think he can be effective over the next the next few years, certainly. Be- is this about Rory's gym routine? Is he just is he just getting jacked, is he, so that he can compete with... The Shambo's distance off the tee, what is it? By all accounts, yet, and I was wondering, should we be expecting to see a, a pumped-up Popey next time? <laughs> next time we're out on uh, on Allerton, is he gonna is he gonna ditch the the five k broad green runs for protein bars and and deadlifts? Uh, no, I don't think so. Do you? Uh, I think the nearest I've got to a gym was when he used to do the leafleting for LA Fitness. <laughs> I remember that back in the day. I used to do maybe a street a, one street a day and then dispose of the rest of the leaflets in various bins around Alan. <laughs> Be done by half ten and then go to the uh, the house that Paddy Ashy, Jimmy and Kev shared and just play Pro Evo all day. <laughs> Fantastic time to be alive, eh? Okay, so, no, I can't see myself going to a gym anytime soon. What a, what a job that is. Sounds absolutely... Absolutely glorious. They're not, they're not hiring at the moment, are they, for the gyms reopening? I wouldn't mind... Getting a little bit of work down there myself. The run I've been on. Honestly, Steve, literally I'm talking like one street a day. And as I say, I'd just fucking... You'd have leaflets just being disposed of in various bins around, as I say, Alan. And yeah, done for half ten, pro Evo all day. Uh, and then just sort of... That, that'd be me done, yeah? Happy days. One, one, one of my better jobs that I've had. 
absolutely fantastic, Bobby. Just before we dart off, obviously we mentioned my dad's 65th day and uh, I just wanted, while we're on golf and while we're on the Masters and we've touched on the match play from a couple of weeks ago, I just wanted to hear your your rabbit story about my dad when you were you were head-to-head <laughs> with him in our Ryder Cup format uh, a few years ago, Pope. I don't know if you can relay that for us. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, it, providing you release this after the watershed, yeah, it should be all right. But no, yeah. So basically, as you mentioned, there we've got fucking hell. We've got a, a rider cup, rider cup format. So it's our mates, effectively the young ones in inverted commas. But I don't don't know how long we'll be able to carry that mantle for. No, against your dad and, and his mates and. Very similar to the Ryder Cup format, but we'd do it in a day and run corn. We'd have doubles in the morning, and then we'd have singles in the afternoon. I went against your dad this one year in singles. Fancy me chances. I think I'd won our Society's British Open that year. I was in decent form. I'd never really played golf with your dad at that point, up until that point, believe it or not, no. even though I'd known him for a good 15 years or so. And Yeah, straight from the off, really, first tee. No small talk. He was very, he was in the zone, your dad, which is very unlike him. He's, he's very sort of a liberal, chatty man, very polite, but tried to partake in a little bit of, bit of small talk early doors. He was having none of it. And thought, okay, <laughs> let's get your game head on here, Pope. So anyway, we got to about the, I think it was about the 15th or 14th or 15th. And I was playing with your Ross. He was in my group as well. And obviously your dad was uh, Ross's, Ross's uncle. So I knew him extremely well as well. And then we're walking up to this long par five. It's a big slog, like at Runcorn. Mm. It's on the back nine. I think it's as long as about 600 yards. Yeah, it's a beast. It's a beast. Yeah, so so we're walking up anyway. We can see something as we're approaching. And we can't quite figure out what it is. Anyway, as we've got to it, this fucking poor rabbit is just sat there frozen in the middle of the fairway. And he's got a couple of magpies, which have, again, it's a bit gruesome. Like, but I've pecked its eyes out, basically. So it's blind, can't see, and it's just getting butchered by these two birds. So obviously me and your Ross don't want anything to do with that. I'm fucking like, wow, let's just just pretend we didn't see that. And then I go to address me ball a further 50, 60 yards up the, the fairway. At that point, me and Ross have turned round, and we've seen your dad's size 12s just rain down on this rabbit. Bang, bang. And we're like, fucking hell, straight away, your Ross is calling him Dennis Nielsen. <laughs> he's like, fucking hell, Dennis Nielsen here. And I'm like, shit. And then he's just picked it up, took it over to the bushes, threw it in, and then proceeded to do a Billy Bats on it. As if the first two stomps wasn't enough. He's gone in, give the rabbit another three or four in the bushes. At which point I can't even grip me club. I'm that I'm up completely. I've completely duffed me approach to the green. Your dad, after doing this, and he had the best intentions at heart, as was always the case with whatever your dad done. He was just putting the rabbit out of its misery ultimately. So I've seen all this. I've witnessed it. I don't know whether it's part of its mind games because I've completely duffed me next shot. I've completely shook to the core. Your dad's got up and down from sixty yards, completely unfazed. Okay, Ben, leaving the green. And then that was it. He proceeded to beat me three and two. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, you didn't win a hole since then, did you? I think Dougie Roberts witnessed it, who I was playing against. He was absolutely shell-shocked. You know, a no-nonsense guy, Dougie, you know, a good old <laughs> traditional scouser. He couldn't believe what he'd witnessed. He was terrified, shook up. Um, <laughs> it shook the local golf world to its core, didn't it, really? 
Well, it even, because I was a, a sort of, well, I am our society captain, so I was the losing captain. I had to give a speech that year. And I even mentioned it to the year. Uh, I mentioned it in my speech, didn't I? Which got a few laughs. But as I say, your dad was completely unfazed. And, and as I say, as was the case with any, Donny had the best intentions at heart. But the fact he, he went and got up and down from like 60 yards away after he'd done what he'd done was a measure of the man, really, in many respects. Unbelievable. As I say, I couldn't even grip my club. <laughs> I think it took me four or five shots to get down from 60 yards from where I was. And he was just a, a nonchalance up and down. What I did notice as well that year, after he'd beat me, he wanted to chat then. As soon as he dusted me, oh, were the kids anyway, Ben? Are they all yeah, right? oh yeah. Fucking yeah, hell, you haven't yeah. asked me fucking how they are the previous 15 holes, have you? Oh. But I took a lot from that in terms of match play. No matter how sort of nice of a guy you are, you just need to get your game head on in these situations. Don't you? So if we do ever have that, that Ryder Cup format again, yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy from me. Like. <laughs> Unbelievable! It was Good doing the round. The, the story was doing the rounds on WhatsApp groups and that last week. Our with our Ross, obviously, and, and a couple of the members. And I just had to get your your take on it. Fucking absolutely hilarious stuff, wasn't it? Just before we get out of here, Popey, little shouts for another of our former guests, Sonny Edwards. He's got a crack at the flyweight title at the end of the month. I think it is. I think it's the Friday. Yes. Yeah. Good luck, Sonny. He's not favourite. He's actually underdog for the fight. Thirteen to ten versus the IBF champ Murati. Matali, Matalane, I think it is, isn't it? Um, tough old, 38-year-old South African, not going to be an easy night, but got to have your confidence in Sonny, haven't you? If he does his, if he does his thing right, he should be able to, to box to a point to win you, though, wouldn't you? I fancy him still, yeah, he's mustard, isn't he? From what I have seen, he's, he's absolutely fantastic, and obviously this is an opportunity he mentioned so that he was hoping to get, and I'm guessing this has been in the pipeline for a while now, because he couldn't disclose specifics during our interview, but yeah, I'll definitely be cheering in for that. And yeah, I've got every confidence that, that Sonny will do the job and hopefully we can we can get him on afterwards. He seems Don in a, the belt. He seems in a great belt. I was going to say, yeah, you are meant to be part of the entourage now. The, uh, the lockdown's lifted. Are you, are you looking forward to walking him down and, and holding the belt after the victory? <laughs> <laughs> Have you spoke to his people about this? I'm, I'm happy to do it, providing they get a percentage of the pace, of course. <laughs> of course, so, uh, of course. Yeah, get in. Your people get in touch with my people, Sonny, and we'll uh, we'll sort something out. We'll thrash something out, yeah. We've also on the boxing front, we've got Sean Payne of the Zootons and the Jaded Hearts Club band coming on with us towards the end of the month. Great lad um, from a boxing family, massive boxing fan, Sean, tremendous drummer. So we're going to have a little uh, a little gab, preview the Canelo-Billy Joe Saunders fight with Sean and catch up with what's going on with the Zootons. I think they've got some new material penned and... Just have a nice little catch-up. About time we got another guest on, isn't it, Popey, you think? forward to it yeah so uh, yeah look forward to chewing the fat with Sean and when's that the end of the month absolutely absolutely Popey yeah 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 so look forward to it lad enjoy your week enjoy enjoy baby Gronk's birthday should be a cracker keep away from them staircases as as, as always <laughs> and good Gail Platt good luck uh, no will do stay yeah good to catch up with you and uh, yeah I'll speak to you over the weekend no doubt good luck with your bets lad as well and that goes to everyone everyone listen have a good Masters have a good entry
your path and I'm shouting up to you Won't you come and give me a minute now There's a message here for you You were dealing with proper scallywags. Mm.